I consider it an affront to my family that you haven't heard about Anchor. It's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain, okay? Let me let me just lay this out for you. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And, and get this, okay? Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money, moolah, from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hi there, my name is Joe Exotic, and today we're going to go into Eastern Philosophy. Welcome to another episode of Open Loops with Greg Bornstein. Carol, I'm going to get you. Hey, everybody. Everybody. Oh, well, uh, great, great start. He starts great. Um, hey, everyone. Welcome to Open Loops, episode five. So, why do I think the way I think? Why am I plagued with ideas constantly going around in circles, just never, ever, ever figuring out anything? Also, why is this show called Open Loops? Well, we'll get to that. But today, uh, I I really want to examine a way out of the thoughts. At least the closest thing I've found to a solution. Uh, The way out of the circling thoughts. You see, I very much became a fan of philosophy... At a young age. As a matter of fact, I remember in, oh gosh, I must have been three or four years old in preschool. Everybody, we were we went into the gym for recess and everybody was playing with basketballs. So, you know, all these kids would go around and in the gym, you give these... T- <laughs> preschoolers, I almost called them toddlers, uh, he'd given them basketballs and they would just like play with balls. They'd throw the ball, they'd try to get into the hoop, uh, fail miserably, but you know, that was, that was play time. Just give kids a bunch of balls and, and play around. So here's the deal. Uh, I didn't one day and that day was the beginning of my existential crisis. I'll tell you why. Here's what happened. All the kids were playing around. I decided while these kids were bouncing the balls in the gymnasium freely, la di da da that I saw no point. I was like, why do these kids like this? I started thinking, why? You know what I'm going to do instead of play with these balls? I'm going to lay down on my back, on the gym floor, 
and just stare at the sky. Now, in fairness, I don't know if this was an original idea. I'm pretty sure there were other classmates doing this or just laying on the ground. And I mean, you could do whatever you wanted. This was preschool. But I took it seriously. I laid down on my back, saw the, uh, the, the, the sky window, whatever they call that, uh, you could see at the, the Dover Sherburne Middle School Gymnasium, that's where, uh, I, the old middle school, that's where preschool was, beautiful gymnasium, you could look up and see the sky. I did. I looked, I saw the sky. And I laid there on the ground. And what did four-year-old Greg Bornstein think? What was I going through in that moment? All these kids moving around. I heard the poo, 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 Tossing to me, tossing to me. And then meanwhile, I'm laying there. I look up, see it, and all of a sudden, the muses going through me, gave me this thought. What is the purpose of any of this? Wow. Wow, that shook me. To have that thought at that age is pretty, you know, it's it's basically setting you up to do a podcast in your early 30s when you can't figure out what you want to do with your life. I mean, that is that is laying the groundwork. If you want to know why people go into uh, any form of, I don't know, long-form storytelling, stand-up, uh, you know, feeling the need to ex- voice their thoughts freely to an audience like I'm doing, I believe you can really trace it back to moments in childhood that just made you go, what the F am I doing here? No one knows. Still haven't found the answer. Um, I, 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 you know, look, I found distractions. Pretty much from preschool through early middle school, I lived, uh, well, you know, I lived in the world of escapist entertainment. I mean, I, I studied magic. Um, I was doing magic shows for my preschool friends around that time. I started, I, something switched, you know, watching cartoons and going to the magic store. I started getting into like pranks and jokes, like, like all of a sudden, rather than get the new coin trick, I was more interested in getting a hand buzzer and x-ray glasses. And that was around uh, first grade. And I became more of a prankster, a jokester. And then humor came up, and I started loving comedy. I mean, I was watching The Simpsons and Mad TV and Saturday Night Live when I was nine. Subscribe to Mad Magazine when I was, and cracked, actually, for a little bit, when I was 10, 9, 10. It was, it was great. 
subscribed to Mad Magazine and Cracked when I was 9, 10. It was awesome. I lived for it. I love the parodies. I love the fold-ins. I love Spy vs. Spy. Um, those are all mad features, and whatever Cracked did to completely rip them off and make them less funny. Uh, I also liked, too. Definitely, definitely influenced me. Gave me meaning. The world of humor, satire, parody, uh, being funny, being weird, being kooky out there, uh, that gave me meaning. Now, I do know it was last. I mean, uh, you know, I, I, I became interested in theater and doing all that stuff. But around high school, <laughs> actually, you know what? It started in middle school with my math teacher, Mr. Moran. One day I went to him. Great teacher, great guy. Love that guy. Such a, such a, such a mensch of a man. You know, he's just one of those non-Jewish menches um, that, that seems like he could be part of the tribe. Mr. Brand, you, you have an open invitation. Come on in. I'll, I'll let you in. You can use the, you can use the washroom. Um, so, okay, look, here's what I was going to say. The point is this. Mr. Moran, one day, I went up to him and I said, why are we doing math? Like, why? What do these numbers even mean in the long term? Like, X equals 7? There's no purpose. What is the deeper meaning? He was like, well, Greg, you sound like you should learn philosophy. I was like, philosophy? He said, yeah, that's like the study of life and what gives it meaning and all that stuff. I was like, there's an intellectual discipline about this? I mean, I guess I've kind of heard that term before, but I never knew. Stuck in the back of my head, get to high school, English class, start asking all the deep questions. What's the meaning? Start learning about paradoxes. Develop an intellectual interest in time travel. Physics teachers are talking about it. Uh, AI, artificial intelligence, the philosophical implications. Mr. Bridger was a big influence in that way. Very philosophical, deep meaning, uh, well-versed. I mean, okay, let me tell you this. This guy was a high school physics teacher that taught the highest level of calculus, musical genius, led the acapella group, understood the intricacies of physics in ways well beyond he may have been the most intelligent of the teachers in my high school just in terms of the level of complexity of his thinking but he had an english major so here is a man that brought the bo both worlds together and I loved talking to him because I was in the acapella group and he would give me ideas. You know, one time he said to me, Greg, imagine that there's a machine that you're building to give it consciousness. Are you able to teach that machine to build another version of that same exact 
machine brain. And I was like, huh? Dude, I'm learning the bass part for Jesse's girl. What are we what are we talking about right now? What what? Um, but no no, I, I asked him all this stuff and he really and opened my mind about what is AI, what is quantum theory, gave me great book recommendations, told me I was overthinking everything, one of the first of many to say that. But it opened me up to wanting to know more answers about life. That's what mattered. That's what was interesting. What are the answers? Junior year of high school, we also read Alan Watts' The Book or The Taboo Against Knowing Who You Are. That is a, to me, in my learnings at least, it's a foundational book in Eastern philosophy and studying that. And one of the things that Alan Watts talks about in that book that still very much resonates with me is the idea of compartmentalized thinking. I think he calls it like, uh, oh gosh, he, he, I remember the distinction between sort of jagged edges of thinking versus like a round kind of hole. Oh gosh, I'm totally botching this, but the point is this. How many times am I going to say? But the point is this. Guys, what you're listening to right now, girls, So junior year, we were given this book Alan Watts uh, had written. It was actually called The Book or The Taboo Against Knowing Who You Are. And it really seemed cool. It was kind of deeper than I even imagined uh, it could be. It was about learning who you are deep down, the meaning of life, all those big questions that I love. Didn't understand it at all. Then I go to college. Senior year, you know, we do literature, whatever. I'm still intellectually interested in the Western philosophical questions like fate and free will and, um, you know, does God exist? I, I was pretty atheist back then. Um, yeah, all those things. I go to college and study acting. I'm in an acting conservatory, still intellectually stimulated by these Western philosophical questions, not really understanding the Eastern perspective. I don't really get it. That is, until I had an evaluation with a teacher of mine, uh, maybe I mentioned her before, I 
might mention her again. She's foundational to my understanding of life. Uh, her name is Alice, Alice Saltzman. Great, great lady, great acting teacher at the Stella Adler Studio of Acting that uh, freshmen get to work with. And actually, you know what? I want to tell this story about Alice very briefly. You know, when you're told about your scene study teacher freshman year, that's the person you worried about going in. I was nervous because this is the woman that teaches you acting. For some reason, we were warned about her. The year above us, they were mentoring us. They said, you guys are the incoming class of 2007. We should warn you about Alice. We're like, why? She will tear you apart. You better know your scenes. You better have your props. You better have your costumes. Because that woman will be so mean to you. You might not survive acting school. We meet her. Day one. We go in. It's a lovely class. She comes out. She is the nicest, sweetest, uh, just lovely, lovely, charismatic uh, I, I, force. She's a force of nature. Loved her. And she was great the rest of the year. Now, look, she could be truthful, which was great because truth is what you're aspiring to as an actor. And the truth isn't just light. Like, just because you're a really sweet person in real life, um, you know, in your interpersonal interactions, doesn't mean that there isn't value in sharing what some might consider criticism or negative. And, you know, I mean, she would tell kids performing that they were pretentious on stage. She would tell you when things weren't actually uh, good. <laughs> Your scenes were bad. Um, she'd say it. She'd say you weren't prepared, all that stuff. We had an evaluation my freshman year. And what this means is that in the at the end of the first semester of the Stella Adler Studio of Acting Conservatory Training for NYU undergrads, she would say something to each student. Every teacher did. They'd say a little something. They'd, they'd bring you in. They'd have a consultation with you. Almost like parent-teacher conferences, except now you're hearing it. Interesting idea, right? I feel like they should have done that in high school. That would have been great. But in college, yeah, they did that in acting school evaluations. And what she said to me that, my gosh... <laughs> So funny, because she told me back then, she said, Greg, one day you're going to be 30 years old and sending me a letter thanking me for what I'm about to tell you. You're in your head. You're not spiritual. You question things a lot. It's hard for you to get into your body. I want you to work on your movement. I want you to really focus on that. But to really help you get out of your head more as an actor, I want you to pick up some books on, and she was like, don't go down to, there, there is a rabbit hole to go down, so I don't want you to get like a, too weird on me. 
I want you to pick up some books on Tibetan Buddhism and meditation. Eastern philosophy, go for it. Because it's the type of thinking that appeases intellectuals but gets them connected to a spiritual place. And I think you're really going to benefit from that. So I did. Bought Dalai Lama books. And true to form, I didn't really meditate anymore, but I did just end up buying uh, another Alan Watts book. And man, what a rabbit hole I went down. What a rabbit hole I... Now, I didn't get too weird New Agey, which eventually I, I definitely became more interested in. But those ideas in the Eastern philosophy books did resonate with me for some reason. I started realizing this and this was crazy. I started... I had a thought that time was an illusion and that really opened things up. I, those books really brought that truth to me. I was sitting across from a friend of mine, went to high school with me in college, still a good friend, Andrew Yip. We were sitting at a dining hall one night, and I told him, Andrew, <laughs> he didn't call him Andrew, uh, you call him Yip, Yip. I don't think time's real. It's an abstraction. And he said, what? You're insane. I said, no, 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 dude, dude, dude. Time doesn't exist, man. This is why everybody thought I was a stoner. Yeah, this is why everybody thought I was a stoner uh, all throughout my life because I talked like one. Even when I wasn't high, I really wasn't. I was stone cold sober and going, yeah, man. Life is, well, think about it, man. Where is time in the universe? We created clocks. See, all that's happening is that we're in the moment and our perception of time is what happened in our heads before and future is what's going to happen after. But there's no time, because it's just right now. Don't you see? And the best part about it is that what that really means isn't that something happened in the past and we have to look back on it and, and have regrets. It just means that something was different. See, there is no time. There's only change. Things change. Even if something falls apart, like in a sequence, those are just a series of changes in an ordered sequence that our brain constructs to look like time. He said, Greg, you're completely full of it. And I thought so too. And then I let him get back to doing a solo cover of Jesse's Girl. Okay, that last, that, that last part didn't happen. But the point is this. Again, the point is this. We gotta figure we gotta figure out how Eastern philosophy fit in. It did. Because that idea of time became the talking point that I would just like go around and tell everybody to make me seem cool in college. 
that was very helpful. Now, yes, it didn't answer fate versus free will or what's the purpose of life, but it did give me a... It started making me realize that I think the purpose... I thought at the time the purpose of life was to talk with people a lot about the purpose of life. And now I'm doing a podcast about all that. So great, Greg, you haven't matured since you were 18. Fantastic. Now, where are we? Talking about me getting influenced by Alice Salzman, learning about Eastern philosophy, going down the rabbit hole. It got even deeper, folks. Because what happened at the beginning of second semester was that our improv teacher, Noel Wilson, fantastic actor, very entertaining teacher, given that he was like falling asleep in class. Here's the deal. What he taught us one day <laughs> sounded like the trippiest stoner conversation I'd ever heard. But it changed me. And here's how. He said, Greg. Second semester, freshman year, what was amazing is that my mind exploded even more. This improv teacher we had, Noel, such a interesting man. One of these guys that should have also been a scene study teacher, just happened to be an improv because his acting advice was fantastic. One day, he started talking about how dogs just live in the present and don't have any sense of the past or the future and how all of us have the same life energy as a leaf and that we're all connected through that energy and all we have to do is just focus right now and and I was hearing all this stuff and I was like what the heck are you talking about man what is this he said Oh, I've been reading this book called The Power of Now. It's really good. I had to pick it up. I went to Barnes & Noble. I picked it up that day. That book changed my life forever because it was the sentiment I was talking about with time combined with self-help that was practical. It related to acting. It relates to sales, interpersonal relationships, anything you're trying to achieve. That book changed the game because it added on to the time concept rather than just learning eastern philosophy which already alan watts's work uh as well as the other great buddhist writers and eastern thinkers i mean hindu as well uh zen uh, vedanta lots of sufi sufi uh, knowledge, all, all that sort of Eastern, a little more mystical, a little more we are all one, everything is connected, all that kind of stuff that was very diametrically opposed to Western philosophy, which was like more intellectualizing, all that stuff, da -da 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 -da, like feeding my mind. But this was feeding my soul. It was feeding my heart because it did give you 
much more wisdom than I felt this other kind of Western philosophy did. It, it focused me on the power of being in the present. Because if time is an abstraction, then what that means is this. Problems are irrelevant, according to The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. Problems are either your thinking about something in the past that went wrong, so now it's a problem. It's like, oh gosh, I did that thing, it was terrible. But it happened in the past, so it's not real. Or the future, oh gosh, what am I going to do later? I'm nervous about this, oh my gosh. But the future isn't there, you're not in the future, you're now. See, problems are all mind projections forward and backward. Something you regret or something that, you know, didn't go the way you wanted it to versus the anxiety, fear of what might happen, the unknowing, the uncertainty. This was everything to me because it was applied abstract theory. My theory being time doesn't exist. This book, Power of Now, is like, yes, it doesn't. And what are you going to do with it? And I'll tell you what I did with it. I ran. I started becoming more present in my scene work. I started taking criticism differently. Uh, he had a sequel, too, that came out, A New Earth, which is a fantastic book. I should give that a reread, especially in light of what's happening right now. Um, and this book transformed Jim Carrey, too. Uh, you can see him speaking at one of Eckhart Tolle's uh, speaking events. Um, this book, he talks about the pain body, the idea of that criticism is always going to hurt at some level. But most of the time, it doesn't fully resonate because we just let it go into our heads as opposed to fully processing it in the moment and feeling the bad feeling. So what happens is you get the criticism, then you start reflecting on the criticism, feeling bad about it, looping and looping and looping in your head. And then all of a sudden, you, you know, you just feel bad. Versus criticism's there, you're open to it, you're present with it, you feel it, you feel the pain of it in your body. And then you take the advice and you move on if it's useful to you. Nod your head, agree, don't agree, but be present because that's all there is. Now, this was a great thing I started throwing around to everyone, shook up my life. At one point I said to Alice, I said to her, Alice, this is great, this Eastern philosophy, but why do we even do plays if... All these plays are about drama and problems, and problems don't exist except the mind's construct. Then doesn't that completely eradicate the purpose of even doing Western drama? Western drama is based on people having false ideas about things that are happening in the past or who they're going to be in the future. Therefore, everything that's been written in the history of all of, I mean, painted, drawn, written about, uh, performed, is all based on false mind abstractions. And then she said, Greg, this is the human condition. Yes, these are worth performing.
And I was like, eh, yeah, I guess you're right. There is room to believe that problems might be in the mind and still exist in the world where people have emotions and feelings and you need to navigate that and explore the great stories of our time. I, I managed to, I didn't necessarily fully intellectually reconcile that Eastern philosophy could work with Western uh, art, but you know what? I accepted it. <laughs> I accepted it. In my heart, I knew that was okay. Still studied acting, still love the power of now, meant the world to me, means the world to me. And especially the way it evolved into my understanding of three principles training years down the line and three principles of uh, thought, mind, consciousness. Whew. Once you get there, it's taking this power of now stuff to the next level. So thank you, Alice Saltzman. I'll, I'll send you a real letter one day. And when you see the address from Massachusetts, where I'm quarantining, and you go, Greg Bornstein, is, is that a guy I went to synagogue with? And you have no idea, and you don't want to touch it because it's the COVID era. I'll, I'll understand. So this is my first draft of a letter of thanks to you for diving me deep into the world of Eastern philosophy. Namaste, it's Joe Exotic here. Hope you enjoyed that. And Greg, we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Open Loops with Greg Bornstein. Mm -hmm.